The Holy Gospel according to John. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Judeans, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. You can be seated. Today is Pentecost Sunday, which in some sense is like the birthday of the church, which is why we get out all the party decorations. However, it is not the birthday of the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to be confused. Pentecost is not the first appearance of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit was always involved, always active in working and moving, even if it was unrecognizable. And it goes all the way back to the beginning. You know this. In Genesis 1, the first story of creation, God's Spirit moved and hovered and floated atop the formless void of the deep. And just like the dove that came down to Jesus at his baptism in the River Jordan, the Holy Spirit was integral the whole time, throughout the whole story, even though it doesn't get the big splashy reveal until Pentecost, which is what we're commemorating today. Another thing that I don't want you to be confused by is that today's lectionary readings In them, you hear two different versions of the Pentecost story. In Acts 2, first reading, you heard about the fire and the wind and the tongues and this miraculous multilingual proclamation by the disciples. But then in John 20, in the gospel, you hear about the resurrected Jesus on Easter evening, still bearing the wounds, speaking words of peace and breathing on the disciples while saying, receive the Holy Spirit. Those are two different versions of the same story written by different authors, different places, different audiences, different times. Two completely different stories with different details. And that may seem a little bit unsettling, like, why can't the Bible get its story straight? But remember, the Bible is a book of faith. Also, it's not an eyewitness account, not, it, not these stories at least. They're manuscripts that capture an event that happened decades prior. They were passed around by word of mouth first. There's truth contained in both of those stories, regardless of how accurately aligned they are with one another. The Bible is both historical and metaphorical, which is why we call it a book of faith. It is by faith that we interpret its meanings. There is, however, one detail that unites both of those stories of Pentecost from Acts 2 and John 20. And I think this is a key detail. 
In both versions, the disciples have locked themselves in a room. Now, I think that says something that two vastly different versions of the same story agree about this detail. Locking ourselves in rooms and closing ourselves off from the world outside is a natural human response to hardship and uncertainty. When we're afraid or unsure of what to do, we hide. Maybe that's where you have found yourself recently, facing some uncertainty, not knowing what's next. That's where the disciples were. And that is precisely when God enables our endurance through the work of the Holy Spirit. I want to share four observations about what the Holy Spirit is doing on Pentecost. Number one, the Holy Spirit turns the church outward facing. When humans are afraid, they turn inward and hide. And because the church is a collection of humans, the organization does the same thing. When churches feel like they're lost or becoming afraid about the changing world, they turn inward and hide. Churches start worrying about the inside of the building, like what color the carpet will be or who has control over what. But when God sends the Holy Spirit, suddenly all the attention shifts from what is happening inside the room to what is happening outside the walls. Acts 2 says, And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. The crowd was gathered because of what they heard the Holy Spirit doing inside the room. And with the crowd, the attention of Peter and the others in the room shifted from what they were experiencing inside to what the crowd was experiencing outside. That is because the Holy Spirit turns the church outward facing. And we will know the Holy Spirit as at work among us when our attention shifts from the things happening inside these walls and turns toward what is happening to the people outside. Number two, the Holy Spirit means that sometimes the church appears foolish. This has to be one of my favorite moments in the Bible, which, by the way, is often more humorous than we realize. Upon hearing the disciples speaking in tongues, the crowd says, they're filled with new wine. But Peter responds, these are not drunk for it's only nine o'clock in the morning or eight twenty nine. <laughs> and that is the point. When the Holy Spirit is at work. To some on the outside looking in what is happening seems to be foolish. Let me give you a real life example. This is Covenant Lutheran Church over on the west side of Houston near Katy. Interestingly, both Rebecca and I have served this church previously as musicians. 
This is the building that Covenant built and occupied for many years over on Barker Cypress Road. But in 2020, they made a choice to sell that building to another church. And in doing so, they became homeless by choice. Now, from the outside looking in, that might sound like a foolish choice. Why would you give up that beautiful facility? Why would you give up your presence in the area? Why would you forfeit all that potential for ministry? But that is a choice they made. A foolish choice, some might say. However, it was rooted in this idea that the church is not a building. The church is always, first and foremost, people. The Holy Spirit means the church sometimes appears foolish. By the way, this is what Covenant Lutheran Church looks like today. Full of life, vitality, doing ministry from a different building right down the road. Number three, the Holy Spirit means that the church can do hard things. The disciples had locked themselves in that room for fear of persecution. The same fear that drove Peter to deny knowing Jesus was the fear that made them conceal themselves in the safety of that room. And we are also relatively safe inside this room. It's easy to focus on the things that, make, that take place in this room. It's much harder to try and make a difference outside this room where the world is. But by the Holy Spirit, the church can do hard things. The disciples could overcome their fear and bear witness to God's love and deeds of power. And by the same Holy Spirit, we can overcome the challenges that face our church. Number four, the Holy Spirit is God's way of trusting us. We often speak about putting our trust in God, but at Pentecost, God puts God's trust in us. If the ministry of Jesus, the work of healing and liberation and the good news of God's love was going to continue beyond the earthly life of Jesus, it was up to the disciples. And the gift of the Holy Spirit was God's way of saying, I trust you to accomplish what Jesus started. And so it is for you. We who come together to form New Life Lutheran Church. If the ministry of Jesus to heal the sick, to clothe the naked, to feed the hungry, to visit the prisoners, to work for justice and peace in all the earth. If that ministry is to continue today, it will be because of the Holy Spirit working through you. Which is God's way of saying, I trust you to be Jesus 
for people right here and now. Amen.